welcome to Hannah Gramophone, our unofficial podcast for NBC's TV show Hannibal. Tonight we're going to be talking about episode 5, Contorno. I'm Katie. I'm Aaron. And we are excited to talk about tonight's episode. So, really quickly, why don't you give me your overall impression of this episode, Aaron? My overall impression of it? Yes. I mean, I like the parts with the aliens. <laughs> I like the part with the fart music. <laughs> They're all great parts of the episode. I like okay. that part where uh, Will fell off the train and he did like uh, and he did like the nine hundred from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Cool. <laughs> yes, that that was amazing. I have to say that all the gifs that I've looked at of Will flipping have been <laughs> just the best. <laughs> oh, it's been beautiful. But um, well, before we get into this episode in sequence, let's talk about what exactly a contorno is. Apparently, and I had to look this up. Uh, contorno is a salad or side dish, which is always served after the main course. So that makes sense, I suppose. Although, when I did some Googling, I'm not sure of exactly how accurate this is, but apparently there's another translation for the word contorno. It can mean to surround something, I think. And I do not speak Italian, so I'm sorry if I'm butchering this. You but probably are. I probably also, am, but... it is pronounced conterno. <laughs> Thank you. As in, contor- as in container. That makes sense. Okay. Contorno, anyway, container. as I was legitimately saying... That makes sense saying... from my American perspective. <laughs> um, that's great. But um, the, that, that translation of surrounding something seemed to me to be very fitting since everybody's kind of closing in on Hannibal. But, so, I don't know. Like, please, correct my translation, because I was just Googling. Who knows? So, the episode opens, and we, um, uh, I guess we'll just go kind of chronologically, but kind of we'll just be focusing more on what happened in specific um, branches of the story. So, let's talk about Hannibal and Bedelia here for a minute, and that great scene, which I believe Brian Fuller tweeted and called it a, po- a post-coital scene, and I was like, ew, confirmed! But... <laughs> I mean, not that I had any real doubts about what was going on, but at the same time, I'm just like, gross, Bedelia. <laughs> what are you doing? What do you mean? I'm like, you saw him kill people with ice picks. What are you doing? Well, I mean, she also saw some other stuff. Though. Oh. I mean, remember when we got out of that shower. Let's see. I mean, what is more important? Murders? Or that? I mean, well. Or <laughs> That. that was another thing that I saw a lot online was discussion of how much shirtlessness was in this, was in this episode. The fan base was very appreciative. I mean, because there was like shirtless Hannibal and shirtless Will, just not in the same scene, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that is very unfortunate. I mean, really. But, um, yeah, this was kind of an episode of no TPs for me because I was just like, Hannibal and Bedelia, get that out of here. And then Will and Chio, get that out of here. But thankfully, that was Chio's uh, opinion as well. She actually threw him from a moving train, so I, I'd say that ship has sailed. <laughs> it's true, that train just chugged right out of that station. <laughs> it really did. And, <sighs> but wait a minute, are we talking about Hannibal? I thought, it's, isn't it cancelled? <laughs> you are actually the worst. Isn't it cancelled though? Yes, it's cancelled, I thought it's still this was going to be an Aquarius podcast. Oh my gosh, no! Okay, anyway. So, oh, I wanted to, while we're on the subject of Hannibal and of Bedelia. Aquarius, right? No, of Hannibal and Bedelia, who are not on Aquarius. I recently read an interview with Gillian Anderson where she was talking about the fact that, um, that that Bedelia is actually a little bit jealous of Hannibal's obsession with Will, Mm. and I thought that that was just hysterical because, (laughs) I mean, 
I don't know why I found that so amusing, but maybe it's because Bedelia is so cold and controlled, and just the idea of her being like, oh my gosh, I'm right here, Hannibal, <laughs> and you're still obsessing over Will. <laughs> but I mean, what, what else can you expect when you have decided to run away with a serial killer and a cannibal? I mean, I don't know what you were expecting out of that relationship. I mean, of course he's still obsessed with his old boyfriend. I mean, really. <laughs> the other thing we got out of this scene was more great snail imagery and Hannibal being all pretentious oh, with his cochlear oh, garden. Oh, and I was just, like, really... Oh, it's so good. I love that. I love... Also, I mean, I was really worried when episode four was the only one that did not contain mollusks thus far. <laughs> but now that we're back to the mollusk stuff... In episode five, I'm really happy. And as long as we can keep at least one snail or one oyster in this show every episode, I think we're good. I mean, it's been great so far. I mean, some people have said that that it's all been moving at a snail's pace, but I'm just like, no, no, no. You don't understand. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, I have to say that I never get tired of hearing Mads Mikkelsen say cochlear garden. Because... <laughs> it's so good. It's like there's just enough mumbling in it. Like, I don't think anyone else can say cochlear garden and make it sound good. But the way he says cochlear cochlear Okay. <laughs> I love Mads Mikkelsen, but sometimes we do kind of, you know, poke fun at him for mumbling a little bit. But he's, he's awesome. He's awesome. But anyway... I can't get over his pretension, though. Hannibal walking around. And then later, when he's talking about the difference <clears throat> between pianos and harpsichords, I was just like, get a little more pretentious, will ya? Although, the funny thing is that I totally agreed with his assessment of the difference between harpsichords and pianos. <laughs> so glad that you're that pretentious. Oh my god. But I loved what he, what he talked about with the, um, said the, the quality of the piano's tone has the, it has the quality of memory, whereas a harpsichord is a more immediate experience. And I'd never thought about that before, but I thought, you know, that's really true. As the... <laughs> Are you laughing at me? <laughs> yes. Okay, fine, whatever. So true. So true. So I mean, true. really. I mean, come How on. much harpsichord music have you been listening to, Aaron? Tell me all the I mean, so much. <laughs> anyway. But, um, so, yeah, the Hannibal and Bedelia, they're having good times, eating snails, getting it on, apparently, <sighs> and, <laughs> and Hannibal having great monologues as he talks about very old music. I mean, why wouldn't Bedelia be thrilled about this relationship? Mm. Just the odd bit of murder on the side, you know. But she talked again about how, um, I'm trying to remember the exact content of their conversations, but, you know, she's talking about the fact that he's drawing them to him, and he's lying in wait to kill Will, and Will is coming to kill him, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I know you're jealous, Bedelia, but stop trying to make them murder each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm just, I'm very interested to see what her angle is in the end, how she's going to get out of all this. But anyway. So, uh, meanwhile, back on the train where there are no lights and Will and Chio sit in complete darkness for no reason, <laughs> they had a few creepy conversations of their own. Where, cause You remember the conversation they had where they were talking about snails? And wasn't it Chio? No, I don't remember that one. What? I mean, snails? When did that Snails in this in show? show? No. That's ridiculous. That would never happen. Next <laughs> but... you're going to be telling me that there are going to be artsy, almost pornographic shots of them everywhere in the show. I mean, this is ridiculous. Snail porn. Snorn. Snorn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. thanks for that outburst. I'm sorry. I mean... <laughs> okay, so... Okay, we need to get back on track here. So, Will and Chio were talking, and wasn't it Chio who brought up the point that some snails survive digestion? 
Yeah. I'm like, that's rough. You know, just... Isn't it, though? <laughs> and, oh. um... And then they find that like what did she say? They they come out to find themselves. Did she say in a new world? I don't remember precisely. Oh no, to say they had traveled very mm. far because they were eaten by birds. I think is what she said. Yeah, and then they Which would, is like yeah. oh, that's such a gross thought. But anyway, um, so my question about this scene is is will the snail that potentially survives digestion, or is Chio referring to herself? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I think at this point, she's kind of like, well, one, she was trying to, like, I don't know. She was trying to, to you know, she's, like, talking to Will. <laughs> she's trying to relate to the guy. And then she keeps just being like, ugh, no. Uh, like, <laughs> she really, really tried pretty hard there. I know, and, and she's like, there are uh, other means of persuasion other than violence, you friggin' creeper. And then <laughs> Will's just like, no, no, no. And he's still up there brooding and having antler nightmares <laughs> i mean oh, i would have thrown him off the train too i would have been like stranger danger will <laughs> it's not his fault that he's depressed it's poor not depression guy. with his weird smirking so i mean poor guy i still feel sorry for will but he needs to get his stupid act together because he is he's acting like a serial killer quite frankly <laughs> i mean i wonder why right but uh, what is going on with will aaron Will is creeping on everyone. He is failing at everything. Because mm. I'm like, okay, Will, are you trying to be a good guy here? Or are you trying to be a murder mentor to yeah. Chio? Because you are you suck at both. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm excited to see him go back to kind of Will? normal. Nice Will. Yeah, in like the, good guy, in the second half of the season. Will. Okay, calm down. <laughs> like, I, I'm excited to see that a little bit. Because it'll be interesting it? to see... Like, I think what they'll probably try to tackle is him, like trying to be a normal person again. Like, I would agree with that, yeah. for so long, he's been stuck in this <laughs> he's been in prison. Hannibal thing. <laughs> he's like, been, he goes he's through, in a Hannibal spiral. <laughs> exactly. Like, he really is. It's like, he went through a phase. It's like Hannibal was his first boyfriend, and like, he, he changed oh. himself so much. Oh, no. He doesn't know how to function to outside of the relationship. No, yet. He formed a codependency <laughs> That can only be attached to young love. And that's his problem right that, there. That's the problem. That's exactly what it is. And you know what's really alarming to me? Is how often we've been comparing their relationship to really immature romantic relationships. Like, we keep talking about how Hannibal is acting like a jilted girlfriend and all this stuff. We're just... Yeah. It's so disturbing. I'm just like, grow up, well, the guys. Thing, you, are, you know grown what's men. weird is that we're comparing them both to women in this because he's a vengeful girlfriend <laughs> and then Will is dealing with his first boyfriend. Well, no, I mean, they could. Be, he could be a vengeful boyfriend for all I care. No, he's a vengeful girlfriend. All right, like, fine. The thing this is, is it's that more way. attached to the, uh, to the, to the, um, what, what do you call that? The trope, you know? Very well. Just like, uh, you know, Will being a teenage girl who's obsessed with her first boyfriend. Okay. So, um, but let's, let's talk about this d digestion idea that was brought up with the snails. Because, um, the seventh episode, when they finish up this whole Italy arc, is called, uh, Digestivo. So I'm just like, well, here comes the digestion. And they keep talking about forgiveness and the need for Hannibal to eat Will. And it's been talked about a lot, the fact that Will and Hannibal are both trying to move on. So, I guess, yeah. I'm just wondering, how are they going to digest this situation? Because they're trying to deal with it and move on from it. Which is a very, um, digestive sort of idea. <laughs> so, Hannibal may try to literally digest the problem and move on. But, 
what is Will's process going to be? You know, we've been asking this same question all season. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? And so... Well, you know, what, 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 what are, are they going to do? <laughs> so I'm just, I'm dying for the next episode because that's where Will and Hannibal are supposed to finally get back together after they both had their butts handed to them in this one. <laughs> They're both just going to be like, man, the world sucks. People are the worst. So glad Ooh. I got you, buddy. <laughs> well. Buddy. <laughs> They're such great buddies. I mean, seriously, <laughs> butt buddies. Ah! Butt buddies. Ugh. Okay, I wish I could survive this digestion, because... Okay, so... Digest that. No! Okay. Anyway. Um, so, we've been talking about digestion. The other thing that's been talked about a lot is the transformation of fireflies, and of course, in previous seasons, we had references to transformation, like, you know, the whole you-can-whisper-to-the-chrysalis thing and all of that. Um, so, the, the lingering question is who is transforming and into what? I think it's just, it's Will's transformation that's the, the central thing here. And actually, as long as we're on the subject of Will, let's talk for a moment about the fact that the raven stag appeared again. Isn't that the first time we've seen the proper raven stag in this season? Yeah, it is. Because it died at the end of the second season. And then we had the horrifying think, corpse you know, stag. Katie, Katie, I think... I think... I think Tell since me. it might not be real, that that's just a personal theory that I have. No, 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 I'm not. I've that already it lost. Might <laughs> not yield to the rules of, of reality, of mortality, of, of the universe in general. You're blowing my mind. But anyway, so let's. Uh, so yeah. I know, I know. But the thing is, why did it return now? Is it well, just... because it had, once again, it had to guide Will, you know? Oh, yeah, because it has been is, guiding Will this whole time, yeah, hasn't it? it has. Because it guided Will to figuring out who Hannibal, that Hannibal was the killer. Mm. It guided Will, it's been with him this entire time, and it's and it finally returned. You know, I wonder if this is going to be the end of Will's sort of wandering phase, of his being unsure of himself phase. Maybe the, the return of the stag is heralding a return or, of him finally finding his way, finally getting on a firmer footing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I still, but anyway, I still think he should have just, you know, hopped on the stag and just, <laughs> just caught a ride the rest yeah. of the way to Florence. Well, what I think, what I think maybe is that he'll probably be becoming more and more his original self in yeah. this. Because I think right now his journey is paralleling a lot of what he went through in season one. Ooh. Because he was just kicked off uh, the train there and he was, and he had basically, you know, his version once again of Abigail lost to him mm -hmm. and now he's once again setting out after hannibal alone ah you know that's a great idea actually for him to be having a sort of reverse journey so he's gone into the pit and now he's coming back out of it yeah. i like that idea but yeah that, that's really interesting i like that a lot um man <laughs> one thing that made me laugh about the about this scene is just the fact that will has this has been the longest journey of all time he sails himself across the atlantic ocean who knows how long that took he goes to lithuania and then takes a train back i'm like how many years have you been traveling at this point will <laughs> and now he's gonna have to walk the rest of the way <laughs> i mean seriously the show's going to have to be brought back in, like, ten years just so we can have an accurate progression of time. I know! I feel like, man, Hannibal's gonna get old waiting for Will to get there. <laughs> we'll get there. You'll just be like, you waited for me. <laughs> He's like, well, actually, I had Bedelia here. 
some side action, but you know. Wow. <laughs> but I know that you were making out with Chio, so it's all good, right? <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyway, um, but what do you think about, before we move on from the Will portion of this plotline, um, what do you think about Chio's statement where she was trying to get it through Will's thick head that violence is not the only way to have influence? Because Will seemed to think that he had to kill Hannibal or risk becoming him. Although that confuses mm. me, because I'm like, if you kill him, then aren't you definitely going to become him? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's how it works in Star Wars, but I, I have no <laughs> idea if that's how it works in Hannibal. Who I knows? Mean, he's basically the Emperor. Anyway, I that's think... That's true, and there was definitely a seduction to the dark side. Ugh. Mm. But there was no cannibalism. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the emperor did eat people. It seems I mean, like something he would do. Taint, you know? <laughs> anyway, so eh, eh, I don't know. But I did think it was pretty good that she was like, "There are other means of influence," and Will's just like, "Lol, no." And then, see, but the thing is, Will wasn't worried about influence at all in season one. Well, he should. I mean, sometimes in video games, you have to have influence. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stuck on Knights of the Old Republic now. But, um... But, I think... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And th But then she makes her point again by saying, you know, there are other means of influence when she kisses him. And then she says, but violence is all you understand and throws him off. Mm. And I'm just like, this is your wake-up call. Stop being a loser, Will. <laughs> Come yeah, back to us. Yeah, I think he us. will use it as a kind of a wake-up call. Because this is, like, the beginning of something for him. Because yeah. he was, like, really, really far gone before this. Oh, he was. And he was, like, is, wandering yeah, into dreamland. this is the beginning land. of something Ugh. for him. Yeah, maybe we're gonna see... It'll be interesting to see whether he, everything is quite so psychedelic and then for him in the next episodes, because he's been, like, walking a thin line between fantasy and reality, and it is kind of like he's been wandering through a dream, just kind of gravitating towards Hannibal because he has nothing else to do. So, it'll be good if, if he would just seize the threads of his destiny and become the master of his fate. Come on, Will. <sighs> But uh, so yeah, the, the the Hanagram reunion. We're ready for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm I can't wait to see that because Brian Fuller said something about the fact that their reunion was weird, like it was bittersweet because they were happy to see each other, but at the same time they were like, "Oh my gosh, you're so awful. Oh my gosh, you betrayed me." But I love you, <laughs> so mm. so I can't wait for that particular conversation. <sighs> I wonder if they'll talk about the cochlear gardens again. <laughs> Of course. I mean, well, I mean, they're better. They're I'm going to... to be very disappointed that there are no more snails. <laughs> and you know what I'm worried about is that there might be, since they're changing directors now. Because I think... Because well, wasn't they... Vin, because wasn't Vincenzo Natale just doing, like, the first five? Oh, I don't know. I thought that he was doing, like, the first seven. Okay, I gotta look this up. I thought up he was doing quick. the first five, but, I mean, he might have been. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you look it up, and then, um... Let's find out. Yeah, and then we'll see. But while uh, you're looking that up, let's... Vincent Natalie. <laughs> Man, your pronunciations are on point. But, yeah. um, Tinterno. but let's talk about... Oh. Tinterno. Let's talk about Chio. Oh, I'm sorry. Your pronunciation would be Chio. It's actually Chives. <laughs> chives, thank you. Uh, let's talk about Chio. Because she said something Ooh. that I found very interesting, where she said she was not as malleable as Will, so Hannibal was unable to shape her as he wanted. Hmm. And so, but, he's, but she, like we saw in the promo for the next episode, that she's going to totally snipe the guy. I mean, what's that all about? Wouldn't you snipe somebody who forced you to hold someone Okay, calm down. But the thing is, he, Will is going to go kill Hannibal. She's just like, well, I'm not that bad. Now let me go kill Hannibal. 
Well, she's not as bad as Will. Did you see how creepy he was being? And he's yeah, like, but oh, she's still going to tablo? kill Hannibal. Well, whatever. Killing someone with a sniper rifle is far different than, like, killing them up close and personal and, try, and then making a murder tableau and trying to avoid becoming them because you are high on murder. I don't know, because Will's in bad shape, and Chio can see that. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I've just got a score to settle Chio... with Hannibal. Well, okay, but still. Oh, I'm not justifying killing people with sniper rifles, just by the way. But I because... think you are. But in the world of the this show... We should take away from this. No, but in the world of this show, that is one of the least offensive killings. <laughs> are we judging killings by their level of offense now? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that she uh, she's the only one because who has a morally justifiable leg to stand on. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not going by real world morals, in which case the I would real even, world, <laughs> because yeah, that course. doesn't even apply to this show. But <laughs> anyway, but one thing that I thought was interesting in her whole malleable comment, because I think she was molded by Hannibal some, but the fact that she does seem to have resisted it, and she also resists everything that Will throws at her to try and you know get her off balance and stuff. Um, but I wonder if that if it's she's not as malleable because she doesn't have the same level of empathy that Will does. Because, you know, we've talked about, back in season one, they talked about the fact that Will's empathy gets him into trouble because it pulls him into the minds of people that are in very dark, horrible places, and it kind of, you know, gets him into a bad state. Yeah, and, it's, and he hasn't done that in a while, really. That's the interesting thing, so I don't yeah, it's know it's almost like what... once he empathized with Hannibal, he just got all messed up. <laughs> yeah, he's a serious serious disorder at this point. It's like, well... I think he might. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen with him. I mean... Nobody does. he's going to have to be at least a little normal-ish. To, yeah, to have his relationship with Molly. One yeah, would presume. and then also to, like, track down Francis. Oh, goodness. Well, actually, I would imagine that that will destabilize him just as it did in the novel. Mm. And with probably with Hannibal having way too much fun, you know, destabilizing him as well. Ugh. <sighs> Hannibal is such a troll, so I don't know, so he's gonna have way too much fun with this. Um, now, before we talk about Hannibal himself, although actually, on the subject of Hannibal trolling, let's talk about really quick. Did you hear um, the line where he mentioned the fact that he called Mason Verger's hotline just for fun? Mm. And I was like, you jerk! <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the fact that he was just like, just for fun. And you could see he was totally, he was totally genuine. And I was just like, Hannibal, you have the weirdest, worst hobbies I have ever heard of. <laughs> oh, but I love the idea of him just having fun that way. He's like, you know, what am I going to do today? And he's just like, ha, I'm going to call the hotline just for kicks. I'm just like, man. I've got to, I mean, I've got to admire the fact that he's really committed to having fun and he's just, Hannibal's still off the hook, am I right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Alright, so let's um, let's jump into what happened with Mason and Alana in this episode, besides Mason being a perv and a creeper like he always is. Um, so they were, they Skyped with Potsy, <laughs> and Potsy dialed the phone in slow motion. What'd you think of that sequence, Aaron? That was kind of random, where he was dialing the phone. I also liked the alien music that was playing. He was about <laughs> to be abducted. <laughs> that would have been a great twist. The aliens come in. Oh, uh, I wish. Twist. It happened multiple times in the episode. <laughs> There's so you're... much alien music. <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is aleatory. <laughs> wow. I think the word I'm looking for is a l m a o. Yes, that too. I mean, always. But um, Alana still being cold and a bit scary, and although she was concerned for Patsy, and she did bring up to Mason Verger, she was like, "You know, he's gonna get killed, right?" 
Mason's like, as if, but poor Patsy. Like, that was, I feel really sorry for him. I like the fact, I mean, as soon as they, Patsy. he really was, he was and he finally became pizza, gut pizza. Ugh, yeah. so gross. Well, it wasn't pizza. really pizza, because he was hanging there. So well, no, but I mean, but his guts made a nice pizza on yeah, the ground. Nice I've seen, pizza. I saw some gifs of his guts hitting the ground, and I was just like, no. No. And I think there was one recap that was titled Bowels to the Wall, and I was just like, no. <laughs> like, please, no. But, um... I like the fact that they introduced Mrs. Patsy in the same episode where he dies. As soon as she showed up, I was like, ah, time to bite the big one. Because, <laughs> you know, as soon as they tried to give him some emotional resonance, I was like, well, it's been nice knowing you, man. <laughs> of course. It's like, what, 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 empathy with a character? I wonder if they're gonna, aw. <laughs> I know, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've never no! I've seen this happen before. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> the other... Patsy, how about him in his A-plus detective skills? Because he goes and he, and, he, and he sees Hannibal, and he's like, I am definitely not nervously trying to not reveal that I know that you are Il Mostro, you know? And I was just, like, giving him a look, like, Patsy, thought you could do better than this man. A bit like he was trying to swipe the knife and everything, and I was like, you are a sucky detective, what? You know? <laughs> oh, although, really, it's not like I could have done any better. But anyway, so I, I'm maintaining that the real reason he was disgraced is just that he was a terrible detective. <laughs> Poor guy, though. I shouldn't speak badly of the dead. <laughs> but, um, so what did you think about his death scene? Because I was pretty horrified. His death scene? Well, yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, oh, this is entirely a ripoff of the movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which was a ripoff of the novel. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. Anyway, but yeah, no. It was it was nice. Like, I like how uh, true it was to the novels in the movie. Yeah, it can how be it a lot exactly of fun. was exactly the same. Except, you know, they replaced um, Clarice Calling with um, Alana. Yeah, Which was an interesting, like, uh, transfer there that I think worked very well. And it yeah. Was, yeah. It was very interesting. And, you know, one of the things that I enjoy about the show is um, trying to figure out what's going to be like the novels and what's going to be different because sometimes they really massively change it up and then sometimes they stick exactly to it and so that makes adaptations a lot of fun when you because it takes away that element of knowing exactly what's going to happen so it's awesome because occasionally they surprise me by doing what was already established <laughs> so that's pretty cool and it was a pretty grotesque horrifying death too Oh, and with all that gross foreshadowing of what had happened to his ancestor, mm. I thought that was pretty good because I, I was already getting chills before it even happened. Oh. Um, oh, and the mask, like the death mask that he brought from his ancestor, not only was that like, oh man, you're heralding your own death, but it. Um, I saw somebody pointed out online the fact that it kind of uh, mirrors the muzzle mask that Hannibal will eventually wear. Yeah. And you well, see Hannibal staring it down. Supposedly. Supposedly, yes. He might supposedly wear it, because I don't know if he's going to wear it after Will did. I don't know. I think that they would, because it's just such an iconic image. Yeah, but the thing is, they already did it with Will, so I would kind of like it if they left it there. But then again, they might do the same thing, because they've set a precedent at this point for cannibals. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> That'd be pretty bad. Will would be like, really? You muzzled me, but you can't muzzle the confirmed cannibal. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, man. Alright, whew, sorry. Um, but yeah, Bowles out, that was pretty gross. When he said, you know, Bowles in, Bowles out, and then he was like, out, I think. And I was like, oh. 
And that disgusting mm-hmm. shot of his intestines hitting the ground. That was nasty. Poor Potsy. He really did not. What a horrible way to go. <laughs> Katie, I'm pretty sure any way that anyone has ever died in, in this Hannibal show it's is been... a horrible way to go. Yeah, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. Anyway. <laughs> like, there hasn't been a good way to go so far. You're right. There hasn't been a single good death. It's just. Ooh. I mean, those people who got shot in the first episode. That's that, true. I they mean, got, they just got shot. I remember thinking, oh, there's so much blood. But now I'm just like, please. <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> you should be glad you got shot. <laughs> well, I don't know. That, At least that nobody shooting, cut out well, your tongue. Well, the shooting was pretty brutal, actually. Oh, and didn't, like, the woman that get shot, wasn't she alive for a while? Okay, mm. never mind, I withdraw my remark. That yeah, was horrible. It wasn't, didn't Brian Fuller say that that was, like, maybe supposed to be Francis Dollarhide? I think that they had some discussion of possibly making that a thing, but then they didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because they also, in the first season, had talked about including some Buffalo Bill prequel stuff, but then they couldn't because of rights issues. Yeah. Um... But, and that would have been fascinating, too, because I think that what it was is that they were going to include um, James Gum's boyfriend as a patient of Hannibal's, because they because that was some backstory in the novel, but then they couldn't. Anyway, it would have been fascinating, though, if they could have. So, now let's come... To, Let's come down to the main thing of this episode, the Jack and Hannibal smackdown. How awesome was that? <laughs> Just discuss it your reaction. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I have to say, like, we're, when we were watching the episode, when Jack, you know, is glaring up at Hannibal, and then he runs into the building, oh. we, were, we were both like, oh! <laughs> so I was so excited. I was like, oh, Hannibal, you better be, you better be afraid, man. But before we talk about the actual fight, let's talk just for a second about where Jack is, because prior to this, we see him in the episode um, scattering his wife's ashes in the river and throwing his wedding ring in, and that was so sad. Beautifully filmed, too, the shot of the ashes falling into the river. It looked like golden dust, like the way they did it. It was, yeah. oh, it's gorgeous. So sad, though. Oh, Especially since they're in the city where they first met. I was like, this is horrible. Please stop. He brought her ashes with him to scatter there, Aaron. Yeah. So sad. Ugh, anyway. So then he, um, so yeah, Jack, he's going after Hannibal. And I have to say, I love the fact that Hannibal's got his knife and he's scary as always. But Jack has taken off his shoes and he starts the record player. And Uh I was just like, oh, beatdown is coming. That's so good. Oh, and then, like, you, I, I know! And then you pointed out the fact that he was pulling exactly what Hannibal did when he mm-hmm. got Miriam Lass, which is another reason for Jack to have an enormous grudge against yeah. Hannibal. So when he came up behind him and proceeded to beat the mess out of him, I was like, good job, Jack. You give it to him. Mm. You know, I have to say that in every movie and every episode of this TV show that I've watched where um, basically any form of media where Hannibal Lecter is involved... I always, like, I'm intrigued by Hannibal, and I'm always like, what's he gonna do next? But I'm always just so supremely satisfied when somebody sticks it to him. (laughs) Mm. It was so great. I was, oh, man, that was some righteous justice right there. (laughs) Oh, so so what did you think about the the fight itself, like, the choreography and how everything went down? Um, 
saw a pretty sweet gif of Jack um, headbutting Hannibal and then flinging him backwards through a museum display case. Mm. And I was like, man, Larry Fishburne, everyone. <laughs> Larry himself. But, but what did you think about the, the fight choreography? Hmm. I thought it was good. I mean, every single fight on the show has been good so far. I have to say, yeah. And I always get so inappropriately excited. Because I'm just like, you know, yay, violence! But, yeah. Although, usually I'm excited for Hannibal to kill somebody else. But in this case, I was so excited for Jack to beat up Hannibal. Yeah. and I he like, really had it coming. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. That, like, for some reason, in a season where, for the most part, we were, like, supporting Hannibal a lot. At least a little bit more than usual. Yeah, because he wasn't uh, directly the hurting is, people uh, yeah, that we like. This is the part where we really wanted him to just suffer. Just, yeah, get beaten down. That was great. This and is weird. Some of Hannibal's facial expressions were priceless. Like, there was a moment where Jack was coming up on him and Hannibal was on the ground covered in blood and he looks up at him with, like, this pouty expression. <laughs> like a kid. And I'm just like, nice. And, oh, man. It was just so satisfying to see Hannibal, you know, choking and crawling. And I was just like, yeah. You really had that one coming. And oh my gosh, the grappling hook to the leg. Oh, and the mul- so oh, And the multiple... Oh, and the fact that they were in a museum space that was dedicated to instruments of torture. So and good. his arm gets caught in the braking wheel. And I was just like, this is the best fight scene ever. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. And set to classical music. Once again, the music choices were wonderful. The Thieving Magpie isn't necessarily like the most um, unique choice ever, but it was perfect. It was great. <laughs> the most unique. Well, because it's been used multiple times in multiple things, but it's... Multiple times. <laughs> well, in lots of movies and Yeah, it's stuff. been used in everything, I'm just saying. So, uh, uh, anyway. Just, uh, you know. You know. So, so, what are we seeing here? Are we seeing Hannibal finally losing the upper hand? What, because he's had... He's been, like, ten steps ahead of everyone for two and a half seasons. And now here he is. So, um, is he losing his grip a little bit? Or is he making a strategic sacrifice... Of his superior footing, and he knows he's going to get caught because Bedelia's been saying it and all of that, and he's just like, well, I'm going to go down in style, and I'm going to take Will with me, or like, Uh. what? I don't know, what do you think? Do you think, is he losing it a little bit here, or or what? Yeah, I think he, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure, because the thing is, he seems, because he wanted to draw everyone to him. He did, but did he and intend he wants... to get beaten down by Jack? <laughs> I don't know if he... Well, he probably didn't intend to get beaten down by Jack, but I know that he wanted people to come to him, and I think he's yeah. okay with getting caught in the end. Yeah, I think so. I So, um... Yeah. Now, I wonder, do you think he's okay with being caught just because that's what's going to be necessary for him to have a face-to-face with Will? Or do you think that he's just not, once now that he's been, like, revealed to the world, he just can't avoid that forever? Or yeah, like... I think he's resigned to the fact that he just can't avoid the whole thing. Well, but he could, though. If he, if he really properly disappeared and didn't, and wasn't, like, in Florence killing too many people, drawing attention, and living the high life, he You're could. right, but I think now that he's been revealed, he kind of wants that in a way. It's true. Hannibal is a diva. <laughs> yeah, because he wants because you know he uh, says all that stuff about now you really see me and that uh, kind of thing. And I think he might like that a little bit. I bet. He I does, mean, there's yeah. a reason he ran off with Bedelia. Because she knows who he is. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So he's uh, she's got his number. 
my gosh. So, um, so let, let's let's jump into. Oh, okay. Let's jump into predictions. What's the problem? <laughs> my family's been here a long time. <laughs> Aaron was just quoting from True Detective, which I just recently watched, and the reason is that the guy who played, I guess, is it? I shouldn't do. Just True call Detective. him the Yellow King. It doesn't even matter. Well, okay, Nobody so the guy cares. who played Cordell in Hannibal mm. also played that guy in the True, De- in True Detective. Uh-huh. I almost said The True Detective. <laughs> the True Detective. Matthew <laughs> McConaughey. <laughs> so I was just like, ah, Hannibal crossovers, and so I was like, no wonder. over here into Carcosa. <laughs> so scary. Anyway, okay. So, um... Since this is not a True Detective podcast, let's jump into predictions for what's going to happen in next week's episode and in these final couple of episodes in the Italy arc. So, I predict there's going to be a Hannibal and Will re- reunion because Brian Fuller told me that there would be. What? <laughs> no, no, do you have any predictions for how their meeting's going to go down for how quickly the violence will mm. take over? Is there going to be mm. some persuasion that is not violent? Violent. <laughs> Violence. <laughs> Is that your prediction? Your official prediction? Violence. <laughs> anyway, if you could see me, I'd be doing finger quotes. <laughs> Violence. More of a violent love affair. <laughs> Thanks for spelling out the ju- Anyway. Um, other than that, I don't know. Because, I don't know either. Um, it's interesting. Like, in, in that trailer, we don't know if Hannibal's actually going to saw Will's face in half. Oh, gosh. I mean... I'm still horrified about that trailer, which is the best trailer I've seen for anything ever, pretty much. Yeah, well, I, I just don't know. I don't know, because that seems... It rings very much like a hallucination, and I'm betting it is, unless they really want to severely disfigure Will. I know, and ugh, who wants... The makeup costs of having to put a horrible scar on his face uh-huh. for the rest of the Especially show. Especially one that would look that kind of funny right there. Yeah, because of him... Can you imagine the horror of a scar like that? Yeah, no, so I'm weird. hoping that's a hallucination, because I don't want poor Will to have somebody literally cut yeah, his Yeah, I mean, the thing him. is, if he, like, he, if he was going to get a scar, it would need to be a cooler one, first of all. But the thing is, I think, like, because, like, this is where some guy sawed into my brain. And it's like, <laughs> couldn't he at least do it diagonally? Scars. I mean, why can't you get that cool one where it's on, like, both sides of your eye? <laughs> you mean, like, Anakin Skywalker? Yeah. <laughs> that's a cool scar. Too many Star Wars references. Okay. Um. Uh, that's a cool scar. Anyway. Yeah, for me... Or, like, Scar. Oh, my lion. gosh. You're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, that was a cool scar. <laughs> it was. Um... <laughs> That's season four, the Lion King season. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No. Hannibal is just. (laughs) Man, if he got around to killing Jack, he would definitely say, Long live the king. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, long live the yellow king with all the true detective crossover. I've been making these references for a long time. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I don't know if I have any predictions. I bet that um, Mason Verger's people are going to cause some problems in the next episode. But I don't know. I mean, who knows anything at this point? I don't. (laughs) Anyway, so um, I guess that this about wraps up our discussion. Do you have any final thoughts to add, Aaron? Final thoughts? (laughs) Is that your final Um... answer? 
quickly. Time is running out. Do you have anything else to contribute? I have no thoughts at all. Uh, no thoughts at all. All right, our minds are empty. Somebody has sawed into our brains. So we're gonna cut off. We're gonna cut this off now, just like our skulls. And um, Thanks for don't laughing forget at your own jokes. Because I certainly wasn't. You know what? <laughs> Who's laughing at their own jokes now? Joke right there. That was a pretty good one right there. <laughs> pretty good one. Well, since we are both confirmed losers, um, please feel free to contact us at hannagramophone at gmail.com or at hannagramophone.tumblr.com. And uh, we'll be back. Bye. <laughs>